I'm glad you're here. Great to have our online family with us. Welcome to Destiny Table, New York. Um, today, uh, I, I want us to think beyond the natural realm. What we don't want to do is help you have better religious behavior. <laughs> um, where in so many ways, and, and we've been drilling and, you know, hitting at this foundationally so much and and um, and it can promote a, a sense of confusion at times when we talk about you know we're, we're really not trying to foster and promote religion and then people in the community who don't know the Lord they would say well I thought you were the religious community um, but you realize it was the religious people who crucified Christ that's not the spirit we want to participate with it's a legalistic hateful attitude that actually attacks truth uh, just from an inadvertent perspective. We don't have anything to do with that. We want the fresh living manna from the Lord. The grace of God, the strength of God will not compromise the truth of God. But we want to walk this out in a way that really does bring glory and honor to the Lord and dignity uh, to people around us. And so part of what I felt like the Lord was saying to me uh, about today was that we really need to have faith for what uh, we're going to experience in our just few moments together. And I want you to think of it in these terms. There's this incredible scripture. It's uh, 2 Timothy 1. We're going to be talking out of the book of Judges, by the way. If you want to turn in your Bible there, we're going to take a look at Samuel today. But in 2 Timothy 1, we see this story, this interaction with uh, the Apostle Paul, his spiritual son, Timothy. And he makes this incredible statement. He says, um, fan into flame. Have you heard this verse before? The gifts and anointings that are in you, how? By the laying on of my hands. Now, I, 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 in order for you to get what I'm feeling the Lord is asking of us, you're going to have to comprehend something. Timothy did not have gifts. Those gifts were not present. They were absent. But suddenly, they existed within him, not because he had developed a skill for carrying out things and doing things, but because there was an impartation from heaven into his heart. Are we all on the same page? Like this was a supernatural impartation. We don't really know what the ministry moment was about, but what we do know is Paul, some point in time, laid hands on his spiritual son. There was an impartation out of heaven into Timothy's heart. He began to function with a certain skill set that he didn't have to personally develop prior to that moment. He would perhaps grow and develop those in the course of time. But what we understand is there were gifts and anointings that existed within him as a result of impartation. And I felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me this week over and over and over again that today God wants to bring an impartation from heaven into our hearts where we actually will walk out of this building, walk out of this time together in ministry, and there will be something that exists within us that was not present prior to our coming together in this ministry moment. Will you receive that deposit from God Almighty out of heaven into your heart? It's a significant thing that I, I just believe the Lord is inviting us into a deeper place with him. And how many of you know God doesn't just invite us and commission us like and hope we get it. He inspires and empowers us. The dunamis power of the Holy Spirit is power for you. 
It's power for me. I don't want to get up here and just talk my best motivational speech. I want to experience and explore what it is to stand under the anointing of God that destroys every yoke of bondage and releases something in power that all of a sudden all of our hearts are awakened to something coming out of heaven into each and every one of our lives and the legacy of our lives. This is something that belongs to our children and our children's children and children after that that you may never meet, but God will release something through your surrendered available life in terms of supernatural Holy Spirit spirit legacy. I want that. I want more of that. And the Lord is inviting us into that deeper place to comprehend and understand that. So journey with me because I'm going to explain what, what I felt is the gift God wants to awaken within us and maybe in a little bit of an unusual way. Because this is about um, leading us into a more effective perspective of prayer. We're going to learn how to pray more effectively in this next season. The, the, the thing that I believe God's going to deposit within us deals with the ability to stonewall. Stonewall. You stonewall somebody. It's actually a God-given ability. I'm going to explain how it's a God-given ability. But I want us to understand what I'm talking about. Have you experienced it before? Out of frustration. Relational frustration. You suddenly find yourself withholding attention and withholding affection because you're stonewalling somebody. You're angry, you're aggravated with them, and now you're, you're not going to allow there to be an emotional interaction. You're gonna limit and minimize verbal interaction. Why? Because you're stonewalling. You're not giving yourself what exists in your heart into that relationship. You're not devoting yourself into that uh, connection because you've decided to stonewall that individual. This, this happens in, in marriage in many respects when we uh, disobey Scripture. And uh, as, a, as a man, I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life up for her, sacrificially loving her. When, when Tracy may say something that, that sets me off, has anyone ever had that happen before? You have an opportunity in that moment to identify with the sacrificial nature of Christ or become self-absorbed and decide, you've offended me, I'm going to stonewall. I'm going to teach, you cross me and I'll stonewall. You cross me and I'll disconnect from you emotionally. How many know that's divisive and it's demonic? It's self-serving. And the Lord's called us to deeper, more meaningful relationship and rapport than that. And... and um, husband and wife, and, and, and unfortunately, I just confess this to you, uh, I've, I've done this in my marriage, Tracy's been un the unfortunate recipient of this immaturity that uh, can so easily erupt out of my emotion when I lose sight of that which is more mature, the things of the Spirit, and, and, and many times we disobey Scripture and we let the sun go down on our wrath and we go to bed angry and bitter, and, and you know, those moments in time uh, as, a, as married couples, we can maybe identify that, and what do you do? You lay in bed back to back with space between you, and there's just enough space for the enemy to slither up and rest between you and become the master of ceremonies of your self-indulgent, self-serving perspective that keeps you divided, and you're going to stay that way until you stop rehearsing the wrong thing in your brain. And the Bible says that I, as a man, am not to be uh, bitter against my wife or it actually hinders my prayers. The Bible says that if I'm going to come and offer the Lord a gift of worship and I've got an offense with somebody that I've been stonewalling, that I'm supposed to go deal with that offense and then come and worship in spirit and truth with an open heart and available mind and, and not, not withholding anything in any direction. 
It's very important that we understand this particular uh, scenario. We're all capable of this dysfunctional behavior. Let me just ask, how many of you have ever stonewalled somebody before? Can I just see? Hold them up high. Come on, praise the Lord. Some of you are sitting next to somebody and they just raised their hand and now you're angry because you're realizing they have stonewalled you and you are now thinking about stonewalling them back. <laughs> Don't do that. We're all capable of this skill. It's a perversion of the capacity to withhold your affection from the wrong direction. See, this is the God-given ability to withhold your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart for your, out of your heart comes this wellspring of life. Out of your heart flow the issues of life. Where do your issues come from? Your heart. Where do your issues come from? Your heart. Will, will you say your heart this time? I'm trying, third time. Where do your issues come from? Your heart. There are issues that exist in my life. <laughs> I've got issues. But those issues didn't come from the fact that I was molested as a child. Those issues didn't come from the fact that uh, my dad wasn't serving the Lord when I grew up. I, I've got all kinds of things that actually happened in my life. And if I'm not careful, I start pointing to those things saying, that's why I have these issues. But the Bible doesn't say those things actually create the issues of your life. The issues come out of your own heart. And what you've decided to rehearse and that which you've given your attention to actually leads you down a path of not only giving your attention, but now giving your affection. And when you are emotionally preserving and protecting yourself because of situations that have happened in your life, you are endangering your soul and the relationships of those around you and disconnecting yourself from the relationship with the Lord your God. This is a God-given ability. When it's used correctly, it protects you from temptation, from sinful opportunities. And this is what I felt the Lord was going to do is deposit within us the supernatural capacity to begin to stonewall the enemy. Because the Bible speaks of the adulterous spirit of the church having an affair with the world, with the world system. When the world system starts to infiltrate into your mind and your way of thinking is like everybody else around us, you're not stonewalling this adulterous woman the Bible talks about, calling her the whore of Babylon that sifts the church. You're dancing with her. You're courting her. You're having conversation with her. You're having interaction with her. And I just want to say, church, let's rise up and stonewall her. And we see this, if you'll look in your Bibles in Judges chapter 14. We see this interesting portion of scripture where somebody wasn't very good at stonewalling. His name is Samson, and he's this legendary a warrior and judge of the nation of Israel. And rather than stonewalling or preserving his heart or protecting his emotion, we see some interesting things in his story. So I want us to look at this today in Judges 14. And Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. 
We do not need man's clever. We do need God's power. Take us into an understanding that today is the day of impartation where when we walk out of here, we are going to have an ability to conquer some areas of temptation that we have given ourselves to in times past. Suddenly, we will find a renewed grace and strength in that area of our lives as we have this developed capacity and ability that we can begin to cooperate with to stonewall, stonewall, this enemy. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's declare a so be it all together. Amen. We receive it. Judges 14, verses 1 to 3. Then Samson went down to Timnah, and he saw a Philistine woman. So he came back, and he told his father and mother, first recorded words from Samson, I saw a woman. Hmm. First recorded words. I saw a woman. Now get her for me as a wife. Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, what was the first thing he said? He said, I saw a woman. Then the second thing he said is, Get her for me. She looks good to me. I saw a woman, and she looks good. I, it made me think about the first time I met Tracy, just in all honesty. Because, like, I, I said to her, hey, girl, how are you? And she said, fine. I said, ain't that the truth? I don't remember how it all went, but I think at that point she responded. She said, oh, boy, you put the stud in Bible study. I, it was something like that. That interaction started coming, you know, back and forth. A little interaction there. Is that how it happened? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if we read on in verse 7, we get back in the spirit. Verse 7. Then he went down and he talked with the woman and he liked her. He saw her. She looked good. He talked to her and he liked her. He saw her, she looked good, he talked to her, and he liked her. This is the typical progression of surface relationship in our hypersexualized culture that's totally based on physical appearance and initial impressions. I mean, after all, if you see somebody and you like them, they look good, and you talk to them, then what could go wrong? I mean, it's the perfect ingredients for an amazing relationship, right? This is a really interesting progression, and we need to evaluate it because there's something much deeper the Lord is wanting to take us into. And, and just bearing this in mind, there's something, again, of legacy that we are to embrace in the way we navigate relationships. I want you to hear me when I say this. Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah, and he was in this place called Gerar. You've read this story. He said, she's not my wife, she's my sister. Isaac was not yet born. And then later, Isaac is born. He finds himself in the same place telling the same lie in Gerar, and he says, that's not my wife, that's my sister. Do you think your relational uh, interaction and your relational basis of your life might actually have some spiritual influence in generations to come? 
Do you think what you're giving your heart and affection to might actually set the tone for a spiritual climate for your children's children's children to experience and, in, and be influenced by? It's very important that we stonewall the enemy, we guard our heart, and we perpetuate something of the blessing of God into the lives of our children and our children's children. I want my marriage to be a selfless marriage where I'm devoted to the Lord my God. I'm protecting my heart from any distractions. I'm given to pray for my wife and to pray for my children. I want the atmosphere of my home to be one where the Holy Spirit is welcome, where my children wake up in the morning and they sense the nearness of God and the presence of God because we've cultivated this together. I want that kind of spiritual legacy. Wherever you are and whatever your situation is, you can possess that if you will go and pursue it. And we're going to talk and speak into this a lot at our marriage retreat. This is going to be a lot of the focus for those of you who are married. And it is going to be September the 9th and 10th. And I want to invite you. The emails are going to, you know, they're coming out. Get registered for this event. It is $150. And the hotel room alone, if you call Alof, it's $165 just for the room. But we're going to do the, the whole event for $150, that'll put you in a room with a king-size bed. It's going to be a roof, rooftop party with a dessert uh, event and, and couples cornhole competition, which you know the Lord is going to show up and be there for a couples cornhole. And then the next day, we're going to have just an incredible time of impartation and ministry, that 9 to 3 time. Uh, we're, we're connecting with another church, one of our sister churches, and they're going to be coming in from out of town. We've booked every room in a loft hotel with a king-size bed. And that's 75 rooms. And so uh, don't delay, get signed up, because both churches registering, those rooms are going to go pretty quickly. And I'm saying that to say we want to invest in relationships. Men, if you're a man, say amen. I want to just call on you men. The following month, we're going to uh, invest in a deeper pursuit of the things of God for our men's retreat. Many of you guys went last year. We're gonna do that again and, and again. The, the cost of the event is more than $250. It'll be a Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday event, and a steak dinner and registration, all that for the conference, the hotel rooms included. Um, and I just would encourage you, get registered for those things. How many of you know uh, the Lord wants to take us deep and we can't be cheap <laughs> about it? I understand these are investments back to back, but I believe God wants to do something particular in this season of the church, and I want to challenge you that we would really begin to walk this out in a way that we invest in going deeper in our relationship with the Lord. I mean, you know, it does take a, there's, it, it requires something of you to go deeper. And, and this is part of why in, in dating relationships, for those of you that are single and, you know, you're ready to mingle, uh, as the Bible says, however that goes. Um, that's why we encourage you. Listen, the world has a system. I I'm just taking some time here to make sure we all comprehend and understand. You are not supposed to be living according to the world's system. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. 
The pilgrim principle is such that our citizenship is in heaven and we don't live our lives and enjoy the same types of you know, stuff filling our minds even that the world does, entertainment and those sort of things. I mean, you might think I'm starting to sound a little old-fashioned, holy legalistic, but I'm just telling you, guard your heart. Stop dancing with the enemy, allowing things to filter into your mind that will affect the way you think. And we challenge couples that start dating, give yourself a three-month window. We call it the three-month challenge. And, and basically, people in, in our hypersexualized culture, they meet each other, they look good, they like each other, they begin to talk, and they begin to get in a relationship. And I mean, immediately, they're involved in relational interactions. I know it might sound crazy to you, but we ask people to take three months, 90 days, and simply read the mail. You know what that means? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you give a little bit of time and you listen to what keeps coming out of the mouth, you're going to start to see a little more about what's in the heart. Because I can fool you for a week or so with what's coming out of my mouth. But if you get around me long enough, and if I get around your mama and your grandma and your family, and I'm hearing, you know, all that's hearing what's coming, you're going to be discerned. Take the time to read the mail, make the connection, literally three months. And you're not kissing and making out and getting into this, you know, relational. I mean, some people are trying to decide if they're going to have sex on the first date. It's just the world we live in, hypersexualized culture. And we've allowed ourselves just to be drawn into this attitude and this mindset. And I believe the Lord wants to take us out of that and help us see just how damaging this can be to generations after us. There is a legacy God wants us to possess. I know, I probably lost some of you. But we're going to declare the truth. I care about your kids. I care about your children. And I want them to understand the heart of God. Samson was this guy who fell in love because he neglected to pay attention to what existed beneath the surface because he was only about this surface-level relationship, a self-indulging pursuit. We find him two chapters later in Judges 16. His head is in the lap of Delilah. The famous story of Samson. And I want you to notice this. This is, this is that moment where I feel like, man, I need to go faster. And I've just kind of started to train myself. When I feel that, I refuse it. So I'm just taking a moment. I'm looking at you, and I'm just kind of resolving in myself. I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and not rushed to fulfill an agenda. How many of you know the Lord wants to speak some things to our hearts? He wants to impart something within us today. So we just call that down. Would you just call it down? Would you just invite and say, Lord, just invite in me the ability to stonewall the enemy. Just invite him right now. Just use your words and invite. Lord, we need you to awaken things within us that we could not have without you because we are not a religious people trying to produce religious behavior. We are a supernatural people empowered by God. And out of us is coming streams of living water that the world around us thirsts for. When they begin to see the real deal streams of eternity coming from our lives, they will be drawn into a place of pursuing that, Lord, which is being awakened even within our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Samson's head is on Delilah's lap. Judges chapter 16, verse 7. And this is interesting. She's, the, she's badgering him. 
You've heard the story, right? Samson, you got to tell me the, the reason you're strong. Why are you so strong? Where does your strength come from? Badger, 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 badger. Finally, Samson, 16, chapter 16, verse 7. Samson answered, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings. That was the first thing he said. How many of you know it was the strength was in his hair, right? But did he start off talking about his hair? No way. Wouldn't have even considered that, would he? I mean, that would be dumb to start off talking about your hair. And so he says, it's in the bowstrings, you know, if I'm tied. So what happens? They tie him up. He breaks free. And he says, why are you doing this? And she says, why are you making sport of me? Tell me the sort of your strength. I need to know what's going on in, in your strength. How do you get your strength? You need to tell me. And finally, he says, enough. Okay, okay. Verse 13. If you weave seven braids of my hair into the fabric, I'll become as weak as any man. And what did she do? She weaved the seven braids of his hair into the fabric, and he breaks through. She says, his Philistines are upon you. He breaks through. He jumps up, and, and, and he says, what are you doing? And she says, why are you making sport of, you, of me? Why won't you tell me? And she says, you've got to tell me. You've got to tell me. And, and he has to be thinking, I did this once, and you did it. I did this twice, and you did it. A third time, you want me to, okay, okay, okay. Does it make any sense? Sin will make you stupid. It's just true. When you start to give yourself to things you shouldn't give yourself, you lose your mind. You don't think correctly because you're emotionally entangled in something you shouldn't be emotionally entangled with and it will mess with you. And then we see Verse 13, he replied, after all the badgering, he said, if you weave the seven braids of my hair. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. First was bowstrings, and then I guess I gave you the wrong verse. I don't know if they put the right one up. The next one, I'm not really great at all this preaching stuff. I'm doing the best I can up here. He said, if anyone, verse 11, if anyone ties me securely with new ropes. And then the third was the hair. And then finally, after talking about the hair, verse 17, so he told her everything. He just drifted into a place of compromise. He told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head. This legendary Israelite judge, warrior, amazing guy drifted into this place where he lost everything. They gouged out his eyes. He lost his vision, lost his position, lost his influence. It all happened progressively because he didn't stonewall the enemy. Now, our battle's not against flesh and blood, but I'm just going to tell you, there are spirits at work in those temptress circumstances that will take place in your life. You and I live in a world, and we need to understand, everybody has their, um, everybody has their porridge that's just right. You know what I mean by that. Have you read Goldilocks 316? Like, there's some porridge, and it's, like, too cold, and you'd be like, there'd be no way. I'm not interested in that. And then other porridge, and it's, like, too hot. You're like, oh, my, I would never go that far. But for you, there is kryptonite. It's the porridge that's just right for you. Shouldn't, shouldn't have it. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's just right for you. It's the, it's the chair that's too soft, too hard. It's just right for you. There's a bed that's too soft, too hard. It's one that's just right for you. And I don't know what that is for you. What is your kryptonite? You might have a, a pretty good idea of it. 
your greatest challenge, your deepest place of temptation. You and I live in this world of stunning cars and thrilling sport events and great films and trendy fashion, powerful position, financial success. For some, it's lovely ladies or gorgeous guys. Whatever that world is for you, I just want you to know the Lord wants to awaken within you the capacity and ability to stonewall the enemy because stonewalling is about self-control, and this greatly enhances our prayer lives. And that's why the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 7, therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Did you get it? Be clear-minded and self-controlled. Or in other words, guard your heart so you can be awakened to the deeper purposes of God. So many times our thought might be, you know, I'll just pray so that I'll have more self-control. How many of you have done it before? I'm just going to pray that I'll have more self-control. Lord, you got to give me self-control. Did you read what the Bible says? Be clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray. This is why we read in Galatians 5 that you're supposed to live by the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, do that which is right and good and healthy and whole and you won't have time to do the other stuff. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know why I kiss my wife so much? So I don't kiss your wife. Do what you're supposed to do. Devote yourself to doing what you're supposed to do. And you won't have time to do the other stuff. Live by the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Guard your heart, stonewall the enemy, be clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray, so the interaction of your life will continue. Psalm 66, David says, if I harbor sin in my heart, the communication between me and God is broken down. We want to stonewall the enemy by focusing our affection on the one who gave everything so that we could live, truly live. And it's the focus of the year. 2022, New Year's Revelation. Everyone is created for abundant life. When we begin to explore, understand, and exhaust, and embrace, and wrestle, and pull everything out of that, that abundant life that God's called us to, that's when we really start to understand the very heart and the nature of God as he awakens within us this power to transform the world around us, and suddenly our perspective and disposition is reeled into a healthy place, and we naturally stonewall the enemy. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. This week, I want to challenge you we bring God's presence to real life. And in your real life, every day, seven days, 24 hours a day, I want to ask you to focus in on practicing stonewalling the enemy very intentionally every day of the week. Every day of the week. I want to just bring a transition. If you'll switch uh, the back screen, I want us to bring a transition into we are understanding in this season Everyone is created for abundant life. Everyone. That is God's plan. I, I just was reflecting on it. It's, it's premature, and I, I'm going to bring it pretty soon. But I started looking at the overall biblical narrative. And you know what I started realizing this morning in my time of prayer? I just, I just took time to pray into this. Everyone is created to experience 
a garden moment or a garden uh, exchange where conversation with God actually awakens deep relationship. And we progress into all God desires for us to possess. There, you are actually born to build an ark with your life that actually produces safety in the lives of those who are willing around you. And you are designed by God to be in every place of your life and explore and discover there's a ladder between heaven and earth. And surely it was here and I didn't even know it. This is God's plan for everyone is created for abundant life. God's inviting us in to these deeper places. Two things I want to say to you today. I'm going to repeat them. So just let's, let's First, just hear them. Repentance brings refreshing. How many of you know repentance brings refreshing? In a day where uh, we want to be politically correct socially in, in society and, and we don't ever want to you know, tell somebody they're wrong, people need to hear that they're wrong. People need to hear that they're wrong. If they're wrong and they're, they're living a life that is contrary to the reality of God's word, we need to love them well in the process of helping them understand God's way is better than any other way. And repentance brings refreshing. The other thing I want to challenge you to understand is you are not designed by God to go at this alone. How many of you know an owl alone by itself is just an owl? But a group of owls, that's called a parliament. A buzzard by itself is just a buzzard, but a group of buzzards is called a committee. A baboon by itself is just a baboon, but a group of baboons is called a congress, which speaks a lot of what's coming out of Washington right now. <laughs> Rhinos alone are just a rhino, but together, moving together, they're a force to be contended with. That's why they're called a crash. Believers alone are just individual believers, but together we're the church. Come on, we're called to do something powerful in the day in which we live. We understand frustration with organized religion. I, we understand that. We share it. We're trying to navigate through it. We want to mobilize you to be everything God's called you to be. But you can't be like Jesus and be hating on the church because Jesus loves the church. So we want to be the church. So first, I'll just say to you, is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ where it needs to be? And is your relationship with his bride, the church, where it needs to be? In a, in a world that you and I live in of stunning cars and thrilling sports that can distract our lives and great films and trendy fashion and powerful positions and financial success and lovely ladies and gorgeous guys. Is there something in your life you need to repent for? Because you've given yourself in a direction that you shouldn't. Boy, I just sense the Lord doing a deep, deep, deep work in this moment. Come on, would you just open your heart? You cannot see what you need to see alone. You need him to help you see it. 
If you're not careful, you just travel down that path of Samson. You can't even understand what seems to be so obvious, maybe to people around us. Lord, we just open our hearts. We say, Jesus, we need you. We need you to awaken within us what only you can awaken. Thank you, Lord God. You sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross, suffer and die so that we might have life. You raised him from the dead three days in the grave and he comes out to substantiate the eternal reality of God embodied in Christ that actually has the power to take us from death to life and change the way we live. Come on, if you embrace and accept that today, maybe for the first time, or maybe again you're reiterating it, you're saying Jesus is Lord, why don't you give him a hand clap of celebration and praise right now. Jesus, we acknowledge that you are Lord. You are our risen King. We love you, Lord Jesus. service that keeps things going and you got to keep the plate the plate spinning we really want to encounter him but if you acknowledge your relationship with the church you, you may be stonewalling the bride but your relationship with the church is not what it needs to be, then I want you just to lift both hands and surrender not only to the cross of Christ, but to the desires of Jesus. So Lord, we just say, we need your help to walk this out. We choose to do so in a way that really is glorifying to you. But I just want to acknowledge standing here at the wheel of the ship sins. I just say, Lord, we really don't know how to effectively navigate into these waters that you're calling us to, but we're hungry to go there. So we receive your wisdom to walk it out, to live lives that are so full of love that the world around us cannot comprehend or understand how we can be so full of love. They will know us by our love one for another. Take us deeper, Lord, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. We're going to take just a few moments and allow the Lord to awaken some things within us. I want to ask, how many of you believe God deposited something in you today of a capacity or ability to stonewall the enemy? Can I just see? I believe he's stirring something in us. I want to challenge you in moments of temptation in the week ahead, every one of us, let's pay close attention to that moment, realizing 1 Corinthians 10 tells us, he will make a way 
out of escape in that place of temptation in our lives. And that's where you pause, turn your attention to the Lord, stonewall the enemy, walk in a place of greater strength, being clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray and interact with God on a deeper level. As far as our church interaction goes, I want to challenge you. The last Sunday of this month, we're going to have a meeting right after service. We'll conclude just like this, and we'll take 30 minutes just to talk about what it is to discover destiny. What is it that God has placed in you that actually makes us, the church family, God's called us to be together? And how do we walk all that out? And so I would ask you to mark that down on your calendar. If you're interested in letting us know you want to be there, then just fill out a connect card or text destiny to the number that will come up on your screen and fill that out online. But we want to make sure we have that conversation with you. What that is, just so you know, on that Sunday, we have a brief explanation of kind of how this works. And then following that Sunday on Wednesday night for six weeks, um, and you don't have to attend the Wednesday, just come to the Sunday if you'd like, but I'm just letting you know, we'll explain the details of it. For six weeks on a Wednesday, we want to walk you through some elaborate conversation of what it really means to draw close to the heart of God as the family of God together as the church. Amen. Appreciate this church family so much. Very deeply grateful for what the Lord is up to in these moments together. So we just want to take a little bit of time here and, and stir what's in our heart in a place of worship. I'm going to ask our prayer team if they'll make their way to the back. This is a great time. Uh, if there's anything we can pray with you about, if you want to come back and say, hey, Paul laid hands on Timothy. I want that kind of impartation. These are prayer warriors. They'll lay hands on you and believe God for that impartation. Maybe you just lift your hands and say, Lord, just speak and release and awaken that within me now. However you want to do it, there's communion in the middle uh, back of the session. Maybe it's going back and taking that moment of celebrating the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. Giving stations are in the back if you want to come into that place and posture of worship with your giving, sacrificially identifying with the nature of Christ. Whatever that looks like, let's just take a few moments before we close and our commission to go. Would you join in this time of worship as a part of our congregational family assignment? Open your hearts wide. Lord, we invite you truly solidify within our hearts a deposit that you've made within us that we would walk out with a developed ability that we maybe didn't even understand before. Lord, I'm desperate for this in my own heart. I want to know this. And I just say before these people, you spoke this to me this week that this was what you were going to impart. So I'm crying out to you and calling you, Lord, on your word. And I ask, Father, that you would awaken this within every single one of us, causing us to go to a deeper place of communion and communication with God Almighty, being self-controlled and clear-minded so that we more effectively can pray. Let's worship.